Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Super Sentai Power Hour. I'm Trevor. I'm Andrew Ranger X. Once again, he doesn't have a cool name. <laughs> I will figure out a name for myself at some point. Trevor Ford. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Alright. Anyway, so last time we talked about Jew Ranger and um, MMPR. This week we are talking about the cancelled 11th season, Hexagon. Hexagon. Now, which is what happened, which ended up becoming Ninja Storm. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, the basics of Hexagon are, it was going to be... Now, if I'm wrong, you let me know, because you know a lot more about this than I do. From what I, from what I know, Hexagon was going to be some type of organization set up by Tommy. Well, what? What happened was supposedly what it was like after the events of Forever Red, all the Red Rangers, all the leaders are gonna like unite to form their own government. Like that's what because if I remember correctly an episode of no Wild Force with the Time Force team up, West says there are other Rangers out there fighting for the same cause. So that kind of sets up that all these teams are going to unite and see it starts my my theory is hexagon is what lightspeed rescue would would evolve into because with lightspeed it introduced the idea that monsters demons and aliens are a common threat now so the government is gonna now militarize the morphing grid and create their own power rangers and that's where lightspeed comes in and this is now the rangers themselves going to be the government to form their own Hexagon, which is their version of the Pentagon. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. It's really sad that it never happened, because Forever Red was one of the most popular episodes of all time. And Debatingly, I would consider it my all-time favorite episode. Yeah. I mean, they tried to do something similar again with the last episode of Super Megaforce, but we all know how that went. The one from Super Ninja Skill was a big improvement. And... Yeah, and... and uh, Japan, oh, sorry. In Japan, the season... In Japan, the season, um, Lupin Ranger versus Patchen Ranger loosely adapts the unused idea of Hexagon. Speaking of Lupin Ranger, I actually recently started watching that season. It's pretty good. The theme song is terrible, but the series itself is pretty good. Team Patchen. The Kaito Sentai Lupin Ranger versus Keisatsu Sentai Pat Ranger. Uh, I always imagine us having roommates and they ask us what we're watching. Lupin said us not wanting to sound pretentious. Japanese superhero people in spandex fighting kaiju. Godzilla. Uh, I, we won't go too much into Lupin Ranger because I don't think you've seen it, have you? I've seen the first episode, but I just know that it's a similar... It, it loosely adapts the idea of... Yeah, it does. Government it does because um, the Pat Rangers are cops, and Lupin Rangers are like they're not. I wouldn't call them 
I wouldn't call them evil, but they were just like self-operating. They're thieves. The, okay, I haven't, the, I haven't gotten too far, so yeah. The they call themselves the Phantom Thieves. They're basically going. Uh, they're going after this Lupin collection passed down through generations. Uh, to save or revive lost loved ones. Okay. And the Patch Rangers, um, they don't really want the Lupin collection, but they end up having parts of it to to use against fighting the main baddies of the series, the Ganglers. The Lupin, is that like their collectible gimmick of the season? Like, is that like what the toy line was focused on because I don't worry. I haven't really paid much attention uh, not to. Really, the mm-hmm. looping collection is a whole bunch of artifacts. Um, the what they use for their morphers—they're called VS changers. Because they're like guns, right? Yeah, they're guns. So if the, if this was brought to the states, I don't know how it would work. Well, we use guns here for Dino Charge, and I think Ninja Steel had the Star Shuriken thing, so we're getting to the point where weapon warfers are a thing. Yeah. But, uh, so it is a similar idea to what Hexagon would have been, but it's, it's, it's different, because I feel like Hexagon would have acted more like, as you said, the Pentagon. Yeah, because Tommy was going to be the Nick Fury of their universe, and he—he's going. He was like a—he becomes like a major political figure, which again makes sense. Oh, although I—I f- I feel like if you're going to have a main, oh, a main leader, uh, as I as I said uh, in in the first episode. My opinion of Tommy is he's he's a great leader, but I think Jason is probably the one people point to as a, a leader of leaders. Well, supposedly, the plot was Tommy was is pro government rangers, and Jason leads what would become the Thunder Rangers as like their own independent vigilante rangers, and it's very similar. Actually, it predates it, but Marvel did the the comic event Civil War, which was like about the government wanting to register superheroes and their or superheroes or against it. It's basically that same idea of Tommy being pro government and Jason being independent. Yeah, I mean, I never, I've. I've always wanted to get into comics, but I, I, I own a whole bunch of comics. But because my mom used to work for Marvel, but um, I never really read. It's hard to get into it unless you have a good starting point. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of good things about the about the uh, power, the recent Power Ranger comics. Oh, yeah. Shattered, Shattered Grid makes up for all the stuff the Neo Sabon era did wrong. Yeah, I've heard. They should they should redo Hexagon in the comics. 
like like I said, Lupin Ranger versus Patent Ranger, that's a perfect opportunity to bring Hexagon here in Power Rangers. It it would it really would because you could set up the Pata Rangers as as Tommy's Hexagon and the Lupin Rangers as Jason's Anti Rangers or whatever. What I could really see happening is Lupin Ranger would take the same idea but instead of Hexagon it's SPD. Yeah. Power Rangers he takes place in 2025, and we're getting close to that year, so when we reach that year, we're going to have to acknowledge the SPD Rangers, which the comics did a little bit with the Soul Dragon comic where Tommy's son is, is now the SPD Green Ranger. Yeah. So, eventually, we'll, we'll get there. Hopefully, Lupin Ranger, Pat Ranger, comes to the States... After after the Ryu Soldier adaptation, I personally think it's too soon to do another dinosaur season because we it feels like Dino Charge was too recent. But it's more of a night. The, their powers are more night based than dinosaur based, and personally, I, I would just rename the dinosaurs to dragons, and it'll be perfectly fine. It could work, but honestly. Um, I think Beast Morphers is doing well. I really like the Beast Morphers, and we're going to be getting the Dino team up in that. Yeah, because um, the original Dino team up for the Sentai version was Koryuger, Jew Ranger, and uh, Go Busters. And so we've, we've, we've got all three now. The, my theory is why we didn't adapt it when we had Dino Charge was because we didn't have the Go Busters adapted yet. So that's why they waited. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But we're this is another thing of America becoming a little effed up. Because Go Busters came before Koryuger. Well, the reason why they skipped Go Busters is, okay, um, have you ever had a time where you say Go Buster, but actually say Ghost Buster? Uh, it's happened. Well, the reason why we didn't get Go Busters is because supposedly the toys didn't sell well in Japan, and that's why they skipped straight to Dino Charge. Oh. Well, that's unfortunate. I thought Go Busters was really a really good series. I, my only thing about Go Busters is it's underwhelming compared to the fact that the season before was Go Kaiser. But Go Busters, I think, is a really good standalone season. Yeah. If you're just getting into Sentai, Go Busters is a good starting point. It, it, it's kind of inspired by RPM a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. But anyway, back to Hexagon. Um, actually, speaking of GoBusters, that's that's another uh, Hexagon-inspired thing. I feel like because the GoBusters were um, a, some type of secret organization, weren't they? Yeah, they're they're rangers funded by our tax money. Pretty much. So. Where it should be going to. 
that's another similarity right there. So the ideas out there, uh, Hasbro needs to just punch themselves in the gut and do it. Hasbro could be doing a lot of things. Like, first off, make keep the show, but have like adapt the comics into like animated series or something. Because Hasbro has that has their Transformers, and they basically take what they do with Transformers. Transformers and play with Power Rangers. In fact, maybe Power Rangers and Transformers could be in their own shared universe, like with Transformers and G.I. Joe. That's a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. G.I. Joe and Transformers have always been in, like, a coexisted world. Okay. You learn something new every day. Uh, that's don't re- interesting. Don't really see it in the movies and the cartoons because it's always, like, exclusively in the comics. So it's easy to miss. Yeah, as I said, I'm not. I want. I want to get into the comics, but with so much to watch, I don't have time. There's so many comics out there that the only thing I'm following right now is Venom. Yeah, Roxy, do you need to go out? Uh, I'll be right back. Roxy is just being weird. So I was looking at the Wikipedia. Supposedly Tommy was going to become like the a villain towards the end of the season. He's going to be the green, and he was going to get the green samurai ranger suit. Which, right. if you look at the, this ranger, it's obvious that they wanted Tommy to wear that, that armor. Yeah, it is kind of a similar setup to the original Green Ranger. And something interesting about Beast Morphers is, I have a theory, I, if you're watching this in 2021, then I could be completely off, but I have a theory that Jason is the founder of, of Grid Battle Force, which is like a government organization that, that's like converting the morphing grid into an energy source. Interesting. So... Uh, let's... So we're going to pull up the Wikipedia and just talk about like what catches our attention about the season. So, quoting from the Ranger Wiki itself, the unused hexagon plan, as it has come to be called, revolves around the idea of an umbrella organization unifying most of the various Power Ranger teams that have been seen over the years. The name Hexagon came from the idea that the base of operations for the season's Power Rangers would be a giant building like the Pentagon, except with six sides to symbolize the number of Power Rangers on most teams. It was conceived as a much larger version of Zordon's command center, except with its location and purpose known to the public. An impregnable fortress staffed by hundreds, if not thousands, and far too well defended for any of the villains of the Power Rangers universe to try attacking. And going... Further into the article, in the original script for Forever Red, the idea was that Tommy was in retirement from being a ranger and Andros pulled him back for one more battle. As the episode evolved and Jason David Frank brought his usual vitality to the role as well as, this time, an unexpected aura of Gravitas, 
The line about Tommy being in retirement, while filmed, was ultimately cut from the episode, leaving his status in Forever Red to the viewer more mysterious and ambiguous. Central uh, to the Hexagon plan was the idea of a veteran hero turned commander in charge of a super union of superheroes. The idea of the season has Genifus in, in reinforcements from the future part one, when West tells Cole there are other rangers out there all fighting for a common goal. As you mentioned, yeah, I think that. matured and forever red when linkages not seen in the show were hinted at. Carter knowing TJ, Anders knowing about Jason, etc., and really began to become clearer watching Tommy again. That's Tommy, the original VO, the VO Red Ranger. That guy's a legend. <laughs> Pretty much. And I have the villain area. The villain section up. Apparently, they were gonna bring back Lokor, who was like that floating evil head, head from like Doomsday from Mighty Morphin. Hmm. And also, the oh, Prince Gaskin and Archerina from the Machine Empire were gonna be in it, which they were gonna use the Hurricane Jira monsters of the day. It was gonna be like. Like, like each one-off monster was going to be if they were like or get if they were like cybernetic and robot looking they were going to be used for machine empire and if they were organic and creature like they were going to be used for Lokar and Scorpina which oh, Scorpina that's one of my favorite monsters Scorpina is one of my favorite villains of Power Rangers so that would have been awesome to see her back yeah Scorpina I feel like is an underrated monster. I actually have a friend who does an awesome Scorpina costume, which is, I think she's the only person I've seen who's ever cosplayed Scorpina. You'll have to show me that at some point. Um, go... Okay, I'm just gonna shamelessly advertise. Check out Ranger Station. If the world goes back to normal, July 8th, Philadelphia Power Ranger Convention. I'm friends with the people running it. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully the world comes back to normal by then and we'll be able to ha have that event. We could do an entire topic about this, but not a political channel. Yeah. So, nor we didn't talk we didn't talk about this last time, but obviously, uh, we were planning on doing this together in the same room with traditional microphones and everything, but uh, coronavirus. So we are yeah, in our own houses over the, world the Skypes. Kind of doesn't want this the world just kind of doesn't want this podcast to be professional looking, but a lot of people do podcasts like this. Yeah, and uh, we will try to up our quality as the... Uh, as time goes on with better with better equipment as we get more popular if we get more popular which i would think we would we're only on episode two and most podcasts start out nothing yeah so anyway back, i think actually the villains oh sorry back to the villains the the like i said earlier the 
the Thunder Rangers, they were going to be Jason's team, and it doesn't look like they were going to be evil like we got in the actual series. It's more just like they resist against the government. Yeah, so they're the Captain America, the Tommy's Iron Man. That's the perfect way to summarize this unused concept. Yeah. I mean, I the closest thing I can I can uh, really compare it to is uh, the recent Civil War movie. Close enough to the comic, it's the same general idea. I mean, I've, as I said, I never read the comics, but I know the Civil War era is uh, pretty pretty popular, so. And then around the time of the movie, there was the second Marvel Civil War, so it was actually successful because back in the, I don't think Captain America was really popular anymore, and that's kind of like what brought the character back when they first published the Civil War series. Yeah. And as we as we said uh, and alluded to, Hexagon is pretty much Power Rangers Civil War. So it it's parallels all around. And also I'm looking at the website, supposedly the Blue Thunder the Navy Thunder Ranger, he was going to be turned into a woman in America, like have a female actress play the Thunder Navy Ranger. So That could have worked. I think it's because there was only like one female Ranger here in Ninja Storm. And I also saw something, there was going to a speculation that there was going to be a second yellow Ranger, but it's going to be more like a brown, dark yellow Mm-hmm. Wonder how that would have worked. Because that would have been like the Titanium Ranger, like the original U.S. creation. Yeah. So this may be weird to say, but I feel like Hexagon. How do I say this? The whole idea of Hexagon is... How am I wording this? I don't know. I have the, I just have this thought that Hexagon really could have worked. So why they didn't go through with it is beyond me. What happened was Wild Force midway through season gives me bought out Power Rangers for that short period of time. So they went back up Wild Force as like the final shared universe season make Ninja Storm like it's been like self-contained series that anyone could just start with rather than like this big finale season that will wrap up all the plot points over the years. But Dino, but Dino Thunder completely rejected this and made it part of the, the main universe. Yeah, what, what, one day we'll uh, get into Dino Thunder. Um, it's one of my favorite Disney-era seasons. It's a better anniversary season than Megaforce could ever have been. Yeah, 
it, ironic because it wasn't see, even Megaforce, the original Megaforce, this is just me, uh, and I posted a, a comment on on someone's on someone's post in a, in a Ranger group that I'm on. I don't I don't know which one, but someone was saying how about about Super Megaforce being bad and everything, and I'm just like the Megaforce Super Megaforce series. It had a lot going for it. They just effed up so bad. My my thing is it's when the when they don't focus on like the story and the character drama. That's when we don't really. It's one of those seasons that, that was more focused on like the action and the fight scenes rather than like characters, like how Dino Charge really improved. Yeah. I mean I really Super Mega Force really relied on the legendary Rangers coming back and the it kind of fell on its face, I feel like. That's an understatement. Even the actors themselves complained about it. Yeah, I I can see that. But anyway, we we'll we'll dedicate an entire episode to the disaster that was Megaforce and Super Megaforce. So and actually, to tie that in, um, they could have, if they if they were smart, they could have alluded to Hexagon and Super Megaforce with every, with everyone that, coming back. That's how Tommy was able to unite all of them. If if only they were smart. When I was when Megaforce first premiered, I always kind of had a theory that go say the big morpher head I, I always had a theory that that was like just like a computer that tommy was talking out of and tommy was doing everything behind the scenes it's possible but doesn't gosei mention that he's like a disciple of zordon or something my mentor zordon told me to emerge when the earth is under great danger but i haven't done it Every time a villain appears throughout the last twenty years, I just waited till the anniversary season where I can acknowledge Zordon for nostalgia reasons. Exactly, and he's never mentioned again. I'm, I have to acknowledge this, Chris Chan. We all know who he is, unfortunately, but he once wrote a song about Zordon. Ugh, I'm gonna end up looking that up, and it's going to kill me. It, well, he he never sung it. He he just wrote it, but an actual like quality singer did a cover of it, and it actually sounds awesome. But if it was Chris Chan singing it, it would be just like that time where he sung the Ghostbuster theme. Yeah, let's move away from that. <laughs> So, what Hexagon could have been? Hexagon could have been so much. 
I I don't know where I saw it, but supposedly the Phantom Ranger was going to show up. Hmm. Which, to this day, I think the Phantom Ranger is Billy, the original Blue Ranger. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's an ongoing theory. And then- I mean, Shattered it kind of, like, ruined it with having both of them in the same panel at times, but I like to think of it as maybe Phantom Ranger's Billy from another timeline. I mean, it really makes sense. The way they framed things up in, in, in the original in the original show. Because how else was he able to build have Artillotron, which conveniently had Zords that were compatible with the Zords the Rangers already had? Pretty much. I mean, the whole the whole Billy Phantom Ranger thing. It's who the hell knows, really. I I tend to agree with you that he that Billy is the Phantom Ranger, but it's really up in the air. And some, something interesting I thought supposedly they were going to bring back. Joel, the green lightspeed ranger, and he was going to fly the sword that would eventually be given to the green ninja storm ranger because his sword in lightspeed was like a helicopter plane thing, and flying airplanes was a big part of his character, so they were going to bring him back as like lightspeed representation. That would have been nice. We Joel was... Joel was Joel was a, a good Green Ranger. He fit he fit the bill really nice. The first time seeing it, I thought he was the Green Lost Galaxy Range Ranger returning, but I, which is pretty messed up when you really think think of the reasons why I did. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Going back to Forever Red, that was an episode that did really well, brought a lot of plot lines together, and alluded to a lot. So, what's your what's your your, like? Did you ever? Did you watch Beetleborgs as a kid, or was that something you discovered when you were a little older? Uh, I knew of Beetleborgs when I was a kid. I didn't know what the hell it was. Well, I, I had the. I remember. I don't know if I saw Beetleborgs first or Forever Red first, but we all know the costumes got reused. So I always oh, yeah. kind of had a that. I always kind of had a theory that maybe after the. That maybe Beetleborgs exist in the Ranger universe, and after they were phased out, somehow the Machine Empire got templates to their armor and constructed the Machine Empire generals off of them. I need to watch Beetleborgs. <laughs> I've never seen the Japanese version, but they're like drastically different. I would assume. Because. Apparently, I don't know if this is tr- true, but apparently the reason why they had like the Batman 66 effects in Beetleborgs is because supposedly it was more violent compared to Power Rangers, which 
for the time, Power Rangers got like so many parent complaints. I can't imagine, and oh, yeah. hearing about, I can't imagine how much worse Beetleborgs would have been if they got. Yeah, that that would have been bad. <laughs> but Beetle, for Beetleborgs, I would say watch the first episode, but then skip straight to the Shadowborg saga, because that's when I think the show got good. Eh, I'll probably end up watching the whole thing, because I can't stand skipping around. It, most of the episodes are self-contained, so... Just expected a lot of filler. That's eh, fine by me. As long as long as it doesn't get too crappy, I'll be fine. <laughs> but as, and, as, long, as long as you can stand child actors, it's it's watchable. Yeah, I I would assume I'll have to I'll have to find it somewhere. It was on Netflix, wasn't it? That's that's where I watched most of it because I had the Shadowboard VHS tape as a young child broke it because VHS tape they break. Then I finally rewatched it back in around the time Megaforce was was first airing. And I finally got around to binge watching all of Beetleborgs, and I could say the first season was rough because they didn't know what they wanted to do, but it became more serialized around the time Shadowboard and the White Blaster appeared. Alrighty then. Well, interesting thing about Beetleborgs is the only reason it had two seasons is at the time it was, the ratings for it was even better than Power Rangers, but they had to cancel it because they ran out of no hero other footage. So, what what they should have done was that that was another maybe like unite the Beetleborgs and the VR Troopers to do another Metal Hero OTV series. Yeah, that would have been cool. Now, if I go Metal back to never, if I go back to the on. article, I can't expand that, can I? No. Oh well. Uh, here we go. Going back to uh, what 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 you were saying about uh, the the Hurricane stuff again, quoting from the Ranger Wiki article. The team for the season would consist of the three basic hurricanes, red, blue, and yellow, young recruits to the hexagon, and the organization's active duty superheroes. These powers, obviously ninja-based, would likely be derived from Ninjor from Mighty Morphin Season 3. Who one of the many returning the coins. Yeah. One of the many returning characters who would contribute to the season's story. Tommy would send these three rangers away on missions in response to attacks by the villains. Instead of just one central city where all the fighting would take place, each episode's battle could take place in various locations around the Power Rangers universe. The three rangers would travel around in the Hexagon special stealth chopper, piloted by Joel, yep. a planned recurring character. It would be implied that the other ranger teams were operating under the command of the Hexagon, and there would be occasional cameos by other rangers as their heroes would travel to respond to threats across the Power Rangers universe. Silver Hills, Angel Grove, Mariner Bay, Turtle Cove, and even possibly Aquatar, Miranoi, and KO-35 would all be seen on a regular basis. Well, they were all filmed around the same area, and I know people who have been to the locations. 
the fact that they all happen to look like L.A. would help a lot with filming. Yep. <laughs> Tommy, with his network of Ranger connections, made him essentially the new Zordon, and most Ranger teams could be called upon by him. And on to the villains. The villains for the season would be various and not unified and would even include some returning villains. So as you alluded to previously, Prince Gasket, Archerina, Scorpina, and Lokar were among the un unresolved villains from previous seasons that Amit hoped to, to provide some resolution during the season. The Hurricaner villains were to be used in the show as representing different villain factions, and the monsters of the day that the Power Rangers would fight each episode wouldn't always be from the same group. For example, the robotic monsters of the day might be the Machine Empire minions of Prince Gasket, while a more organic monster might be a minion of Scorpina, who had become a much more fleshed-out character than before, or one of the new Hurricaner villain factions. And then it goes into uh, the the Beetle Hurricaneers or the uh, Thunder Rangers. They were be they were to be used as a rogue group of Power Rangers that operated outside Hexagon Network of superhero teams. They were to be less in the traditional goody two shoes mold of Rangers and have more of a rebellious anti authoritarian attitude to them. So basically, as we as we were saying, Civil War. They're the Captain America Rangers. So, pretty much just as you were as you were saying, and I find that really interesting that different villains could be a different factions, and the uh, original the original Hurricane Hurricaneer based Rangers. The uh, recruits, as it were, would would fight would fight them, and eventually maybe fight Prince Gaskin himself or something. See, the thing I really like about this is my problem with Power Rangers and most Sentai and Kamen Rider shows is why is, why is it just one villain faction every year? Is it just like all evil people just take turns? And uh, going back to Lupin Ranger versus Patch Ranger for a moment, um, the Ganglers are sort of a differentiation from that. I mean, they're all one intergalactic crime fight. They're one intergalactic crime organization. Space Mafia. Basically. Um. I don't want to go too deep into this because we'll leave Lupin Ranger for another episode. But basically, the story is the main baddie of the Ganglers, I can't remember his name right now, um, is looking for a successor. So he basically announces this at a big dinner party. The main villain's name is Dog Ran Eno Yaboom. All right. So, him, he's looking for a successor. And he announces this at a big, at a big dinner party event. 
So obviously that makes all the underlings crazy and saying, oh, I'm going to be the new successor. No, I will, blah, 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 blah. And that sets off the motivations for all for all all the main villains of the series and um, one of the right hand right hand men to uh, what's his face Jap- Japanese name yeah um, got Dostra, I think it, I think is her name. I don't remember it. The Lupin villain guy. Yeah, Gostra, I think is her name. She's the one that makes the villains grow after they after they've been killed the first time. She basically uh, uses her Lupin collection piece to put this green goo over the safe that the villain was carrying, and it grows from that. As someone who's very... who's done a lot of research on internet fetish subculture, this sounds very dirty out of context. Yeah, it does. But that's... Look it up. That's how it. That's how it happens. And in in Loop, in Loop Ranger, um, as a, as I said before, they're all after this Lupin collection, including the Ganglers. That's where they get their power from. They've stolen these Lupin collection pieces, and each one gives us a certain baddie, uh, a certain power. Like the recent episode I watched gave the vil- the villain super speed. So he was impossible to catch. I remember there was there's the Golden Silver Ranger. Are they on like is there like are they their own faction or are they on like I don't know. Or is I'm it only one... on episode like ten or eleven. <clears throat> but anyway it's as I said before, just quickly glazing over it, Lupin Ranger versus Pack Ranger is a pretty good series. The theme sucks to me, but but uh, the series itself is pretty good. But anyway, back to Hexagon. Uh, the conflict... The, cent- the central conflict of the season was to be the rivalry between the Beetle Power Rangers and the basic three Hexagon Rangers... The mental image of six rangers divided in half by a line with an explicit which side are you on drove much of the idea of the season. As Amit noted, this was years before Marvel's Civil War. So Marvel stole the idea. So, basically, they were thinking of Lupin Ranger before Lupin Ranger. (laughs) And f- from what Lupin Ranger turned out to be, I can definitely see, as we alluded to before, a Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger coming to the States as an actual, hexa- an actual hexagon become real, which would be really nice to see. Well, by then, I feel like it would make it like 
SPD, like, I feel like Hexagon is what inspired, what, like, Hexagon would be like early, like, in the universe, I would say Lightspeed evolves into Hexagon, Hexagon evolves into SPD, SPD evolves into Time Force. Yeah, that, that would, that would make sense. So... Alright, so concluding thoughts on Hexagon. What it should, have, it should have happened, but we got if Disney didn't purchase Power Rangers, this would have happened, but supposedly Wild Sports, the final episode of that was Savon was going to cancel the franchise, so I don't even know if this would have happened if Disney didn't buy it. Yeah, so Disney pretty much saved Power Rangers, but then they ended up almost ruining it themselves. <laughs> so. And then they, and apparently, because Power Rangers was in such a low state, like around, remember when they RPM was the last season they produced, and because they had to legally still produce merchandise, they just re-aired Mighty Morphin for a year. It's like because Power Rangers was like a dead franchise, Sabon himself was the only one willing to buy it when the brand got up for sale. Wow. Yeah, I mean, when I was in my hiatus stage with Power Rangers, I stopped watching around Jungle Fury. I, I stopped watching around Overdrive, so you lasted a year longer than me. Yeah, I, I started watching around Jungle Fury. I watched a few episodes of Jungle Fury and then and then I thought I was too old for it. <laughs> and then I and then I saw images of um Mega of uh Megaforce in uh, Japan in Japan. Uh no, like a Gosager. Which uh is another good really good set die series. I th- I honestly think that Gokaiger really topped it, and so did oh, Go yeah. Busters, and pretty much everything after it top, topped Ghostager, but Ghostager is a really good series, and again, we re- America really effed it up with Megaforce, but um, Ghostager is really, really good, but anyway... Um, as for Hexagon, it could have been something great. It could still be something great if they went back to the drawing board. I and mean, we'll never get Hexagon with the Hurricane costumes, but we could always get Hexagon with the Lupin costumes or Q Ranger costumes. Because Q Ranger is another example that this could work with. Oh, definitely. If. Hell, I feel like they could even bring it back for for the Ryu Soldier uh, season if they did I it right. I think this could work literally any season because this doesn't really like. There's no real like theme to what the costumes would look like. So you could have the dinosaur costumes. You could have car costumes. It 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 could be the power force come from anything. Yeah, but. It's it's really not likely that Hexagon is ever going to come back, which is unfortunate because it was a really good idea. 
Yeah, it 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 was a good idea, but we got what we got, and if we had Hexagon, we probably wouldn't have Dino Thunder because Dino Thunder completely retcons everything they planned. Yeah. And we ended up getting Ninja Storm, which is one of the better Disney era seasons. Rest in peace, Red Ranger. Yeah. What what's his name? Pua? Um, I think he's he's like is he Middle Eastern or Indian? I think I think he's Hawaiian or something. That makes sense. Like yeah, so he has like a more like foreign hard to pronounce name. I think his name is Pua or something. Let me look that up real quick. Uh, Power Rangers Season 20 Ninja Storm. There we are. Yeah, his name is Pua Mag- Magasiva. Okay. I knew I knew it started with a P. That's all I remembered. Ninja Storm was one one of the best Disney era seasons, if not the best Disney era season. And it had you Lightspeed will always be my favorite theme song, but Ninja Storm is a close second. My favorite theme song is either Lightspeed or Lost Galaxy, and my ringtone is actually the instrumental Lightspeed intro. Good Good job. Good boy. <laughs> um, but uh, Ninja Storm is a close second for me. I I loved the Ninja Storm when I was growing up. Uh, besides Carter, um, I think Shane is a really good ranger, Red Ranger. My favorite, I mean, Cam, the Green Ranger from that season, he's probably my favorite of the Ninja Storm Rangers. That's the one I would probably cosplay eventually. Yeah, Cam. Cam is an interesting character. I, I really liked him. And that's a character I don't think we would have gotten if we got Hexagon because that was going to be Tommy. Pretty much. Yeah. So, what Hexagon? If I remember the ideas from Hexagon end up being used in in Forever Red and um, pretty much and Wild Force. So, we we got some parts of it, but the full idea obviously never got realized and got replaced by Ninja Storm and Dino Thunder and everything that came came after it. Did, wait, didn't... In Japan, didn't he not really have... Didn't he not really see his, like, true helmetless face Then they, like, whenever he took his helmet off, it's, like, a different actor... Yeah, it I I never finished Hurricaner, but uh, I I know that I know that the uh, the the Samurai Ranger as it as it's called, um, he's like a legendary figure in in the show's universe. I'm pretty sure, and basically. He, I don't think he has a face under the under the mask. He's just like a golem or something. 
I, always, I could be completely wrong. That's but... some type of supernatural being who manifests himself as like a Green Ranger. Yeah, something like that. In fact, I will again look look this up. Impusentai Hurricaner. Hurricaner. doesn't really say much about what the Shurikanger is. So... I still think the ninja steel helmets are based off of him. The, the new ninja helmets. Yeah, it's possibilities. It's a possibility. Because they did bring him back for an episode of of Ninja. Oh yeah, and that was actually I I finished Ninja, and that was a that was a, a really good that was a really good episode. That's the season where you really do not want to mispronounce the title of, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Yes. Shuriken Sentai Ninja. Uh, that that's a that's another series with a really good theme song. It's uh, kind of catchy. We could do a top top list of Sentai intros. Yeah, that that'll have to be another episode. So my concluding thoughts on Hexagon: It would have been great to to see that the idea realized. I mean. Tommy being the leader of a Power Ranger organization, you can't go wrong. You know, next time I see Ryan Parrott or Kyle Higgins at a convention, they're like the guys from the Boom Studio comic, I might actually bring up the, say, hey, have you ever thought of Hexagon? You really should, because the the idea is I have, I have underused. So, oh so anyway, check my on Instagram and for Ranger X. I'm like a I do 3D modeling and prop building and that stuff. Yeah, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and obviously you can find that this podcast on YouTube. We're looking on to getting onto various podcast services, but using Anchor. So look forward to that. My name is Trevor. This is Anthro Ranger X. Have a good one. It's morphing time. <laughs>